0: If there's not enough popcorn to go around, it's probably my fault because I really like the popcorn. It's the new premium popcorn from a small farm in Iowa, and I ate more than one helping this morning when Linda, I was quality controlling it for you all, but uh, my quality control crossed over into gluttony for just a brief couple of bags full, maybe three, maybe Maybe we won't talk about numbers because I said there'd be no math in my sermon this morning. I had to say that earlier since I was not adding or subtracting well. So we've been in this series about how daring it is to lead uh, and what it takes. And uh, as a backdrop, I've been reading a book uh, that I encourage you. I think it's a great book uh, by Brene Brown, if you've ever read anything by Brene Brown. Uh, It's uh, Her newest book came out on October the 8th called Dare to Lead. And so the series is called Daring to Lead uh, because I'm not always original or creative. But I fully say Brene Brown inspired this. So in this third sermon in the series, we've talked about uh, vulnerability uh, in being a leader. And we talked about something else last week. Uh, Anybody, anybody remember? It's all right. You don't have to remember. Because, that, oh, that's right. Living into your values. See? Sorry. Sorry, Debbie. I, uh, see, I couldn't even... I, I know you listened. I listened to myself, too, and apparently I have no values. So uh, I, I never value my own sermon. This is not going to turn out well. Uh, clearly, today um, we're talking about trust and being trustworthy Can we trust a man who says a sermon and can't remember it a week later? Uh, I do remember my own name. That's an important part. I still remember that. Uh, So as I prepared for today's uh, message, uh, you know, I usually begin by telling a personal story. I will tell you that this story I'm about to tell you is not a personal story. Uh, I I was reading. I, I get an email. I don't know how often it comes. Best of NPR. Maybe it's once a week. And it was a story from North Carolina, uh, an abandoned farm uh, upon which they discovered a wide variety of animals that they were you know, rescuing and seeking to rehome. And that worked out well, except for a pair of animals they found together, an emu and a donkey. And they had become fast friends since the abandonment of this farm, and they trusted each other. So... Unfortunately, when they tried to separate them, both of them became, you know, very disturbed. The emu apparently paced back and forth like an expectant father might, you know, back and forth, back and forth, back and forth, very upset. The donkey, when put in with other donkeys, attacked the other donkeys, wanted nothing to do with the donkeys, only trusted, and apparently, so they had to house them together, they cuddle and you know, they sleep right next to each other. I just don't picture this with an emu or a donkey, but there's that level of trust that is built up between them. Each one finds the other one trustworthy and clearly whoever owned the farm that's now abandoned and left them there has become untrustworthy to them. And so has even members of their own species. Uh, perhaps that's happened to you. Where you're starting to wonder, can we trust members of our own species? I hope so. I hope so. But one of the characteristics I'm convinced that we need in good leaders is trustworthiness. The ability to trust that what they say is what they mean and that's what they're going to do. That it's not, you know, one thing or another thing. For instance, when I get up here on Sunday morning, and I've been doing this at St. James for 26 and a half years and after that period of times, there's only two people who even come to St James anymore, who are still alive, um, that uh, that come here, that have been here as long as I have. Maybe there's three because Linda came with me. So I guess, uh, but you weren't here when we arrived, except that you were here because we're together. Okay, we were together. All right, good. That's always important thing to remember. So there are three people in addition to me that have been here since I first arrived at St. James. But I have to believe that you listen to me week after week, uh, many weeks, most weeks, because there's something trustworthy in what I say, that you find something truthful, that you find something believable. And if not, I don't know why you come on Sunday. We have great music. I mean, you know, maybe you come for some music and uh, popcorn. It is awesome, it's premium. It's so grown on a small Iowa farm, uh, you know, hand by children, one by one by one, and dropped in bags. And we bought 100 pounds of it, so I don't know how many children that took. So uh, one by one by one. Okay, I'm making up the children part. At least I really hope I am, or we're going to immediately stop buying that popcorn. But um, the truth is, um, you know... If we can't trust each other, if we can't, then we can't lead. It's not really leadership if there's no trust. Uh, you want to be able to believe the one who is a leader in your life in whatever way. And I'm not purporting that I am the epitome of leaders by any stretch of the imagination, but because of my position within this community, I have gained a certain amount of your trust, making me trustworthy. Now, if I were to go to a different place, if I were to be sent by, you know, the bishop to some other place, that trust would have to accrue over time. It would not be an automatic thing. You know, if I, it's, it's very funny to me. People ask me questions all the time, is it okay if I do this thing, knowing that if I say it's okay, I got their back. And if somebody else gives them a hard time for doing it, I got their back. And the other person will probably not find, give them a hard time once they say, well, James said I could do it. Oh, well, of course, if James said you could do it, yes, hang by your toenails from the ceiling. I think it's a great idea. (laughs) Now, that's because I don't give out advice about hanging from your toenails from the ceiling. But hopefully you have come to know and I have come to know from the leaders I know in my life that I'm doing my best to communicate what truth I have learned through my own experience in life, the experience of God's grace, the power of the biblical message, and what it says to us, what it teaches us about who we can be. You know, you can trust that if I challenge you to do something, that I'm challenging myself to do it. Um, I was thinking about uh, that this morning. Even this morning, as I was sitting in my chair, Uh, because the original story I was going to tell was more of a personal story. It was not the emu-donkey story, but I thought, you know, that's kind of a cool story and very entertaining, and, you know, who doesn't like emus and donkeys, you know? But apparently, if you're the donkey who likes the emu, you do not like other donkeys, but that's a side issue. Um, I was thinking about, you know, it was, uh, I challenged you a a little over a month ago in the month of October to read the uh, Sermon on the Mount, I haven't made it all the way through because I've been reading it through so slowly um, that uh, this will tell you how far I've read into it. It was only this past week that I was reading uh, the section that uh, talked about not making oaths, that let your yes mean yes and your no mean no. I'm not even sure I'm out of chapter 5. I think that's still in chapter 5. We haven't even gotten to chapter 6 in my book, and there's 5, 6, and 7. So um, someone who lets their yes mean yes and their no mean no is trustworthy. Someone, when somebody says to you, I'll do that, and you know they'll do it, that's trustworthy. But if somebody says, I'll do that, and then doesn't do it, then you're like, I don't know if I can trust that person anymore. There's a certain invested trustworthiness. Now, I chose as a passage uh, today, and I'm going to do something I don't ever do, which is I didn't bring my Bible down. I'm going to read it to you off the Internet because, you know, that's where all the truth in the world is really stored. You know, if it was good enough for Abraham Lincoln, it's good enough for me. Uh, this is, it's a translation of Bible that happens to be online. And I'm using BibleGateway.com. Uh, the translation I'm using, the voice. Um, and this is Matthew 24, verse 25. And it is, the trustworthy servant is the one, uh, the one whom the master puts in charge of all the servants of his household. It is the trustworthy servant who not only oversees all the work, but also ensures the servants are properly fed and cared for. Listen to that. The trustworthy servant is the one whom the master puts in charge of all the servants. Now if you listen, suddenly that servant becomes a leader because they are trustworthy. There is something inherently Leadery, see i made that word up but there is something inherently filled with leadership when you can trust someone when someone is trustworthy if you put somebody in charge of my team i've been on Appalachian service project now i guess 7 years this coming year would be my uh, will be my 8th year uh each time i've had a different team leader include well three of those years, I was my own team leader, Uh, but uh, I I could trust them. They wouldn't ask me to do anything they wouldn't do, or they they didn't know how to just demonstrate for me to do, or didn't show me a way to live into doing, and they were just another worker like me, but because they knew something, and I could trust that what they say was what they meant, they became a leader. All of you by virtue of the fact that what you say is what you mean and what you stand by are trustworthy. And therefore, whether you want it or not, you are our leaders in some form or another. Others look to you with the expectation when you are trustworthy that you'll, they can ask you to do something. And if you say no, at least they know they've got to find somebody else. You're not the person that says yes and then doesn't do it. You're the person that says no, because you can't do it. And even the hard no's of life need to be trustworthy. Yes and no. Let your yes mean yes, and your no mean no. Be a person people can believe in. That's one of the most important. Maybe we should have begun with that, even before vulnerability, even before living into your values. You need to be able to be trusted, because otherwise you ought not to ever be a leader. We don't need people who can't be trusted. We need a lot more people that can be. Because trust is something that we give, but if it's broken repeatedly, there seems to be just a smaller pool of it to give away to others. Have you noticed the risk of trusting someone? You risk trusting someone and, you know, it works out. So you risk trusting them again. Or maybe even you branch out and you trust two someones. And both of them fulfill exactly what they said. So now your trust is growing. Trust can grow, but trust can also shrink. You trust somebody and they say they'll do something let you down. They make a promise. Their yes isn't yes. Their no isn't no. And then your pool of trust shrinks you don't even trust yourself sometimes. How many of you have ever let yourself down? <laughs> been less than you could have been? Yeah, but that, that's, that, should, that should be all of you! Hello! <laughs> okay, I, I, but I didn't tell you you had to raise your hands. There's no response necessary. There will be a test later on, and if you do not pass, do not collect your $200, or whatever it is in Monopoly. The truth is, Sometimes we don't even trust ourselves. And if we can't trust ourselves, we certainly can't trust other people. You will not trust anybody else if you can't even trust yourself. Now, I just want to show you just a little bit of God's trust in us. God's implied trust, anyway. God so loved you and me that God trusted us enough to become one of us so that we might come to know what God looks like in person. Now that took a lot of trust. We sort of let God down on that point. The good news about God is God has infinite trust. And God keeps coming. I, you know how many times we've slapped down God and God keeps coming back? God relentlessly comes after us. You know, recently I was reading, I was reading an article. I do a lot of reading, but I was reading an article... Uh, by the son of Eugene Peterson. I don't know if any. Eugene Peterson is the one who translated the Bible into the message version of the Bible, very readable and easy. He was a pastor for 52 years, and he, as he was getting closer to death, before the Alzheimer's got him, dementia was what ultimately took him, uh, he told his son that in his entire 52 years of ministry, serving churches, he had only preached one sermon that entire time. And it was that God loves you, God relentlessly loves you, and God will never give up on you. <laughs> that was Eugene Peterson's entire, I would love to say that was been my entire message. I went back and found an old sermon of mine from the 1980s when I was first in ministry. I did not hear in those words, God loves you, God relentlessly loves you. I think I destroyed, actually, the cassette tape. I think after, I listened to it once, I can't even stand to hear my own voice. I don't know how you do it. I hear it inside my head as well as outside, but in any case, I couldn't stand it, so I put in the cassette tape. I no longer have the ability to play cassette tapes. You know, it has become an, even dating myself to say cassette tapes, but uh, although to say I like vinyl is coming back in, so I could be a millennial, you know, except you look at me and you say, that boy is not a millennial. But, you know, I was listening to this cassette tape of me talking and I was like, Oh my gosh! Where was the grace in that message? Where was the love of God that relentlessly comes after you? Of course, I was. That that was my original uh, uh, multimedia sermon uh, to Tina Turner's "What's Love Got to Do with It." <coughs> the congregation did not appreciate it. Let me just give you a heads up. <sighs> You know, my congregation in Charlottesville looked at me, the senior pastor of the church I served, I thought, man, it's amazing that I'm still in ministry, that I wasn't put in some kind of ministry jail in the 80s for what's love got to do with it. But in any case, uh, the truth is God relentlessly comes after us. God keeps trusting us. God has given us a message And the leadership we often bear is by bearing that message and not just in our words. Let me just tell you what, we've got a very savvy world we live in today. They know that in words we can so easily say how much we love everybody else and how much God welcomes everybody else, except that we have some caveats about what that means. We have a list of caveats about who's really welcome, who's really loved, and who's really allowed. And that is just a bunch of stinky stuff. Stinky stuff. It's not true. God loves us all. There isn't a single person you don't meet that isn't loved. that you do meet that's not. Double negative is bad news. But you can't meet someone who doesn't reflect back to you the image of God. Even if it's poorly. Even if it's poorly. But the trustworthy one is self-aware enough to first of all, learn what's broken them of the idea of being able to even trust themselves. And admits they're powerless over that thing. And trust anyway. You know, if you really know anything about the 12-step programs, any of them, any of the 12-step programs are all predicated on the fact that first of all, we're powerless, but there's someone bigger than we are that is powerful. Whatever you name that higher power to be. And that you can trust that higher power. You may not feel like you can trust yourself. And as you learn to trust that higher power for us, Jesus, God, the Holy Spirit, however you, you know, envision that as we come to that place of trusting, we learn to trust ourselves again. We learned our limitations but we also learn to stretch ourselves out there again. And perhaps the trust grows all over again. It is hard work to trust. We live in a world where it's just way too easy not trust because I don't know who's telling me what I wanna hear because it's gonna get them a vote or it's gonna get them a pat on the back or it's gonna get them me to buy their product, whatever it is. You will be so beautiful, James, if you just have an Apple Watch. I'm working on it. I want to be beautiful. All I have is an ancient Fitbit that occasionally tells me, you know, how many steps I've done. 2,200. I've still got a long way to go. Apparently, I've got to walk around a lot while I'm (laughs) preaching. So, uh, if I keep moving, of course, it makes the camera guy very unhappy. I'm sorry, Mark. I'm sorry. The question isn't so much who are you going to trust. The question is, can you trust and are you yourself trustworthy because in the end we talked a lot about trust 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 but trustworthy is just a word a compound word from worthy of trust someone who has proved that they're worth putting your trust in now I need to tell you something that's very important I tell you this oftentimes It probably gets old to you. I hope it doesn't. But that is, each one of you is infinitely precious to God. Each one of us, not just me. Each one of you online, streaming, you are infinitely precious to God already. God already trusts you. Yes, you're going to drop the ball. You probably dropped it already today, going to drop it again later on. But God already trusts you. God already loves you. And if God is as big as I think God is, God would just so like it if you could learn to trust yourself enough to then trust another person. We have to be careful who we trust because some of those people are going to let us down. There are trustworthy and untrustworthy people in the world. If this is something new to you, then we, talk to me after worship. But uh, there are trustworthy and untrustworthy people in the world. And some of the people we need to be trustworthy in our lives are not. I've spent time talking to people who found the people you need to be able to trust the most, their parents, to be untrustworthy. They were abusive and mean in a variety of ways. And it shaped them. How do you grow to be an adult who can't trust anyone? Well, the very people who were supposed to take care of you unconditionally dropped the ball. And while they were at it, dropped you a few times and left you hanging. How do you learn to trust? By taking some really big risks. Some really big risks that maybe you're going to encounter somewhere. Somebody who's worthy of trust. You know, it wasn't that many years ago, 27, that I met my wife, Linda. And I married her. And I believe everything she says. Yes, some people would say that's gullible. <laughs> if you saw her face right now, you'd know. I trust everything she says. And she has proved over and over again trustworthy. Trustworthy. Now, I don't go to her for advice, uh, you know, about the weather. I I don't think there's a meteorologist alive that's trustworthy. You know, oh, it's going to be raining today. It's, you know, yeah. What did you get up in the morning, spin your spinner, and now you're going to tell us why it's happening? Okay, if you're a meteorologist, I love you, and God does too. I just don't think you, I, I just don't think that's a science anymore. I think it's a guess. But, uh,. I'm going to get a lot of hate mail from all the meteorologists who are watching online now, but the truth is be trustworthy. Learn to trust. If you can't, if at this moment you realize you don't trust yourself or anyone else, the place to begin is to say, "God, I'm powerless over my lack of trust. I'm powerless over this. I don't trust anybody." Least of all you. And certainly not me. But maybe, maybe there's something bigger and maybe it's you. You've got to start somewhere. Part of it is owning the fact you're just not there yet. Maybe you don't trust me. <laughs> maybe what I've said to you doesn't make any sense that God already loves you, that God already embraces you, that God already wants you, that God's chased after you, your whole stinking life. Since before you were born, God chased after you. Maybe that makes no sense. You don't trust me on that. Well, we've got some work to do. But this I do know. I don't want any leaders in my life who I don't trust. And I won't trust them. I'm not gonna try to thwart them in evil ways or things, but I won't follow them because trust is too important. God trusts you, God trusts me. I wanna learn to trust God and myself. So there's no magic way to do it. Little steps, baby steps, little trusts. Be trustworthy yourself. Let your yes mean yes and your no mean no. And if that's all you can do, at the very least, when somebody says, can you do this for me, don't say yes to try to sound good in the moment. Say no, I can't. I can't do that. Can you fit me into your schedule? No, I can't. My life's crazy. I can't fit you in. At least be honest. Then you're not jerking somebody's chain. I'm tired of having my chain jerked. I don't expect you are too. Be trustworthy. Be trustworthy. And then you are the very beginnings of what every leader needs to be. Someone worthy of trust.